Have you ever thought that you were looking at your career path all wrong? <laughs> Have you ever wondered how people get ahead? You look at the person next to you surprisingly and you're like, how, how did that happen? How did that person get there? And why am I sitting here? You know, I uncovered this secret because I was doing it myself. I was putting myself in a position where I wasn't able to get to that next step in my career. And what I want to do with this podcast, Breaking Ladders, is teach you how to break those ladders, how to break the ladders that people think they have to climb, to break the ladders and uncover secrets of thinking about your career in a different way and the path that you want to take. My name is Katie Ostrico, and I head up sales and marketing for my organization and have had leadership positions in several different companies. Um, and what I want to do today is just talk to you about the secret of how I uncovered this idea of breaking the concept of climbing the ladder. Climbing the ladder, moving to the top of the ladder, getting to the top of the pyramid, you know, we've all heard these different parts of the business language surrounding hierarchy moving up one step at a time. You know, whoever invented that phrase, this idea of like, I'm going to start here and move here and move here. Every org chart you see are like steps in a pyramid. You know, I start here and I move up and you eventually get to the top. And there's this one or two, three people at the top, this small group um, that's kind of running things. And as you look back down through the pyramid, you know, it gets wider and wider and wider with all of these folks at each step along the way. And out of this came this idea of climbing the ladder, right? That's supposed to be your career. You climb the ladder to get to the top, if that's what you want to do. So I'll tell you a little bit of story about my career and how I used to think about this, actually. So I was about two years into my career um, after college, so young 20-something. And I was working for a fairly good-sized company. It was a privately held company, about $2 billion in size. Um, and our CEO at the time, you know, I, I can still picture him to this day. He was an intimidating figure, tall, silver hair. He had been running the company for a long time. Um, you know, really intimidating in terms of how he approached people, how he approached the team, the organization. So this is before a lot of the social that we have now. Hello, I've just dated myself. But one of the things that came out of this was a company newsletter where he wanted people to ask him questions and he wanted to respond back. And this is in the days where they actually printed out the newsletter. I remember it used to be in, you know, different color paper. It'd be like a yellow or an orange color, depending on each month and, and kind of mixing it up. So, you know, me being 23, 24 years old and in my head, I'm like, OK, I've been here a couple of years. I'm starting to see the culture. I'm trying to figure this thing out. Um, so I asked a question. Um, you know, my question was this, what does a good leader look like to you? And what are you doing to foster good leadership in the company? Pretty basic cultural question. I was just trying to figure out the pieces of the puzzle, trying to figure out what was important to him. Um, so he published it um, and responded to it. And I got a note from his admin that said he wanted to meet with me. Um, after publishing the response. <laughs> and so my instinct was to say, like, cool, that's great. I'd love to talk about this. Um, the leadership in my department, like, totally freaked out. Um, they said, you need to prep for the meeting. You need to be ready. This is a big deal. And I'm like, what's the big deal? And when you're that age, you know, and, and I hope that I continue this throughout my career, hierarchy is something that people project onto other people. But 
they're just people and I just wanted to have a conversation. So I didn't get why they were spazzing out, but you know, that was kind of their vibe and the culture of the company was to be a little bit, you know, secretive in terms of how you talk about things. And it's kind of like those families where nobody ever talks about feelings. I I thought it was a basic question. I was trying to figure out, you know, what he did to foster leadership in the company based on what he valued. So you know, I prepped a little bit for the meeting. They kind of freaked me out probably way more than I should have been. <laughs> but, you know, I put together a list of the times when I saw good leadership and what it looked like to me. The big advantage of this company is in the department that I was in, um, in, in the marketing department, you were put in front of the executive management team like six months in. Um, there wasn't a lot in terms of layers and the projects you would work on, you would be up in front of all of the VPs on a regular basis. So, you know, I probably viewed it very differently. It put me in a very different position, um, but it also taught me a lot in terms of that organization. So I had kind of this idea of what it looked like and I saw how they either facilitated leadership or the places where it was really not good. Um, or where you would see people, you know, calling out other folks and, and making it not a culture that was really healthy. So the question really stemmed from me just trying to figure out what that looked like. Um, so what I did is I created a roadmap for my job. You know, I'm 23, 24. I'm a marketing specialist, that entry level position. So I'm like, OK, awesome. One day I would like to be VP of marketing. So I put how long it would take me to get there, what I thought the steps were in the marketing department, um, how old I would be what that would look like. And it was all super linear. You know, it was like going through grade school and high school and college. It was like, I'm going to start at one and go two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and go all the way up the ladder. Um, you know, and that'll be my path. And so I put it in an Excel document, printed it out. And I remember going up for the meeting, you know, I was a little bit nervous. I like dressed up a little bit, <laughs> you know, what you do in those situations and treated it kind of like an interview, but not. Um, so I remember sitting outside and he came out and he's like, hey, come on in. You know, walked into his office and sat down and he, you know, he had questions for me. He was like, hey, what sparked the question? Um, and I said, hey, you know, I'm just curious to know what you think and, and what you do to develop leaders and what you think a good leader looks like. And he asked me what I saw for my future. And I shared him the roadmap. And looking back now in the seat that I'm in, um, I probably should have seen the laugh behind his eyes when he looked at my roadmap that was all spelled out very strategically and, you know, very purposely. And every three years, something would happen. Um, and he knew what I didn't know then, but I know now is that it does not work that way. Um, you don't walk your career um, one step at a time. It's not linear. It's not expected. It's very rare that you walk a path that looks like that, if at all. Um, I didn't understand that when I sat in that seat. I thought that's how it worked. And it wasn't until later that I figured out that that is not at all how you work your way up from that entry level seat to something that's a lot higher. So what I did when I started to break this down and started to look back and started to mentor different people as I got into more of a senior position, it made me rethink about the steps that it takes to get you to move from we'll call it non-management roles to management roles. What are those ladders? And it's really this leap. It's almost like this cliff that you have to jump. And it's a completely different set of skills, completely different requirements um, to be a good manager of a group versus being a technical expert in your field. 
Um, you know, one of the things that used to frustrate me more than anything is you would hear people or job experiences, or if you were looking for a promotion inside a company, they'd say, well, management experience required. And you're like, well, like somebody has to give you a shot at that first. I mean, you, you have to find that somewhere. Somebody has to take a chance on you and say, I think you'll be a good manager of people. And, you know, the best I can equate it to, it's kind of like being a parent. You don't get a roadmap. Everyone is a little bit different that you manage. Um, the skills are completely different that it takes to manage through that. Um, and so I think that that's where people get stuck in their ladder because they think, hey, I'm this technical expert. Um, you know, I've worked on all of these different elements. I'm really good at what I do. I'm ready to lead a team. And when people are leading those teams, they go, well, the things that you need to lead a team, you're not able to demonstrate oftentimes by being that technical expert. So how do you bridge that gap? So the secret that I uncovered is that people that are able to move up in their careers do what I call they collect experiences. So they don't think about job titles. They don't think about departments. They don't think about you know hierarchy to that degree. They go, okay, what are the experiences that I need to demonstrate that show that I'm ready for things that are bigger than what I'm doing today. You know, that's really that big secret that I uncovered. It's not about climbing ladders. It's kind of about breaking ladders, hence the title. But it's this idea of finding ways to collect different experiences that, that open up career paths for you. So I don't want to simplify all the pieces and, you know, make it something that's like, oh, it's super simple. You just go from A to B to C and it's like this puzzle and you put these things together and voila, like leadership happens. But when you start to look at the careers of people that have moved up, you know, they start to take on teams where they have no technical experience at all um, or where they have no background in because their skill is not in the technical, their skill is in leading teams. So what they do is they collect these pieces of a puzzle and they start to build their career around those puzzle pieces and those experiences. And what it allows them to do is demonstrate leadership, often in completely new or different areas, um, where a company might need somebody to step in. And they're like, well, I'll step in and, and try this and take a chance at it. And what it does is those experiences start to open up those opportunities. So if I look back at you know, my experience of walking into that CEO's office when I was you know, 24, what that CEO knew is that I didn't know at the time is what the skills of a VP of marketing would have to have, you know, to manage a team, especially in that area, you have usually creative and technical experts. So very different personalities that you're having to try to move towards a common goal. Um, you have to do things like provide clear direction. You have to develop a strategy and be able to implement it. You have to help people and know how to spend your time and how they spend their time. A lot of what you manage are challenges and conflicts, either within the team or with other groups in the organization. You have to make a lot of decisions. Usually by the time you know you get a decision coming to you, um, it's because nobody else wants to make the decision or can't make the decision or doesn't have the authority to make decisions. So you have to make the big decisions that aren't the easy ones to figure out, usually with as little information as possible. I remember I had a manager at the time who said, if if I'm, I get like 60% of the information, that's good enough. We got to make a decision and go. You're better to act and pivot than not. But that takes a certain type of personality and risk level. 
Um, you've got to be able to report on changes to the business. You've got to understand the financial impact, business impact, value to the organization of what you're doing. So when you get to those senior levels, none of the problems are solved in a silo. You're working with other people within the business. You kind of meld into their sandbox and they wander into yours. So you have to be able to look at the entire business holistically, which is very different than being a functional expert in your area. Um, you've got to take things that are really unclear and make them clear and simple. You've got to be able to evaluate new tools, new elements, new things that are happening, new cultural phenomenons. You know, I think back like social media, I always tell my son that, you know, I'm older than Google. So like as a marketing person, I've had to navigate social media and SEO and what do all these things mean and how do we incorporate those into the business and do we invest in those? Do we not? And you know, when you think about it, you have to develop this world-class team of amazing people and let them do what they need to do and provide them with that guidance and support um, and help and direction and, you know, help them make decisions and develop them in their careers. And the reason I know that is because I've managed teams where I've had no functional expertise at all. Um, I've managed groups where I did not know how to do their job. My job was to do all of those other things to lead the team in the direction that it needed to go. And that was my big aha. And, and why I think people get stuck is they're like, no, I'm really good at this marketing thing or this engineering thing or this finance thing. And it's like, that's great. But what you need to lead a team, especially at a high senior level, like those skills are good to have, but they're not what's going to get you there. And so, you know, when you start to think about those experiences that you're going to collect, and that's, you know, what I'd really love to take this first season to walk through is, you know, how do you find those experiences? How do you step out of your comfort zone? Um, how do you walk into those situations? And I'll share some of the times where I'm like, nope, I can't do that. And I did it. And you kind of figure it out. Um, what skill sets and behaviors that have worked well for me and that I've seen in other leaders that I've been able to work with. Um, you know, and, and what are some of the things that can change your thinking? Um, so, you know, one of the things when I think about how to break your ladder thinking, so let's call it that, like I've got these ladders, I was raised on ladders, you know, it started with schooling or it started with sports. It's like sports. I was in like peewee, then I was in, you know, the next level and I was in the senior level and I was in JV and varsity and I worked my way up you know, we're kind of raised on these levels, um, video games, right? You start at level one, you know, my kid got a new video game. He came running in and he's like, I'm already at level three. Like there's this idea of continuity and consistency in our lives around ladders and working from one step to the other. And eventually you get to get to the big boss and hopefully win in the video game. But I think this is where that issue comes in is you're kind of raised in that all through a young age in school and you kind of work your way up and you walk out of college and you go, okay, now what are my roadmaps? What are my steps? I've got these, you know, clear steps that I'm going to take. And like, that is not how anything works ever. So what do you do? You know, how do you start to work through this? So one of the things I would I would ask, and as I talk to groups about this, one of the things I've actually made a cheat sheet for folks on this is you know, think about where you want to be in your career in five years and don't think about a title, right? So don't think about status. Don't think about a role. Think about the types of things you want to be doing. So where is your passion? Um, do you want to have big challenges that you're solving? Um, do you want to be driving strategy for a group? Do you want to be leading a team? 
Um, do you want to be trying something you've never done before? So I would think about what are some of the types of work you want to spend, you know, every day, five years from now doing. Um, you know, so it's, what is it now? Almost 2023. Um, so if you, you know, coming up on five years from now, this is what I'm doing. This is what my day looks like. And write it down. So that's the first thing I would do. And, and think and brainstorm to yourself, go as deep as you can go. Like, hey, I want to have flexibility to, you know, volunteer at my kid's school. I want to be able to take a two-week vacation at a time. Whatever that is relative to your career, kind of map that out. Then what I want you to think about is what skills do you have today? So for some people, this is really easy to do. And for some people, it's really hard to do. Um, and I want you to find things that you're great at. So not things that you're average at, not things that you're okay at, not things that you can do, but what are you really, really great at? And what I find is this is hard because people want to refer back to like a job title, like, oh, I'm responsible for product development and launch plans and creating brochures or whatever those things are. Um, but those aren't skill sets. Those are tactics or things that you do. So think about your skill sets. Um, and if you can't think of any, you know, you can always ask people that you work with, like, hey, what am I like amazing? Like, what, what value do I add to this team? Or think about it this way. If you were to leave your team, you know, what would your company miss? Um, or what would your teammates really miss? Like, what do you bring to the role? And it doesn't have to be specific to a functional area um, or a specific tactic that you do. It could be like, I am the bringer of joy to this team. You know, I am the comedian on a Thursday at three o'clock that livens up the mood. Um, you know, I'm the person that can have a really, really effective 15 minute meeting, and get a lot done and nobody else can do that. Right. Um, so what I would do is I would get that list of like a couple of things. See if you, if you know a lot, that's amazing. But see if you can get that list and chunk them up into like two or three sections to kind of simplify and clarify. So I am great at this, this, and this. And what I'll share with you is I often joke is, is my superpower is, um, and that's what I call it when I actually describe it, is my superpower. My superpower that I have figured out, and I think what's allowed me to get to the place that I am in my career, is I can take big, nebulous, unclear things. Um, I'm not afraid of defining what that is and trying to understand it, trying to get to the root cause of what we're really trying to figure out start to dissect different ways that we can tackle it, evaluate each of those, pick it, pick an area that we want to implement or something we want to try, and then go try it. Um, and the more nebulous and outside of our comfort zone as an organization or scary, the better. Um, the ability to kind of go from this big vastness to something very clear and then quickly pivot to an implementation strategy and plan and then work that until we get something that that's my superpower. Like that's what I do. That's what allows me to have some of the roles and some of the opportunities that I have. So think about what that is and what behaviors you do that are a huge value to the company. Then I want you to list the skills that you think you need for that role that you want in five years. So I want to live this life. I want to be doing these things. This is what I'm great at today. What are you missing? You know, what is what is the person that's sitting in that seat that you want, whatever that looks like? Um, what do they do 
and what skills do they have that you need that you don't have right now. Um, and if you don't know, you can ask. You can look at job descriptions. You can ask people sitting in those types of roles. Um, you can even, you know, ask them, um, you know, what are the the non tangible things about your job? Like, what are the things that make your job hard? What makes you excited about your job? What are the things that make you freaked out about your job? What are the things that you spend a lot of your time on? You know, try to think of what you have, but more importantly, what you're missing that would prevent you from getting to that that jump in that five years. And then I'd validate that with people that are in leadership at your company. So, you know, you're starting to map out, this is what I think I want to do. That's great for any manager, by the way, if you have somebody that comes in and goes, hey, in five years, this is where I want to be. Um, this is what I'm really good at today. This is what I think I need to get to that next thing or those next two jumps and go, is that right? Is that what you see too? Because it's this old adage of until you're in the room at some of those tables, you don't often know what those discussions look like and what kind of skill sets and things that are valued in those rooms. It's a great place to share with somebody who's a mentor or leader in your company. So share that and go, hey, this is what I think I do really well. I want to validate that. This is what I think I need to get to these levels. What do you think? And ask them for any experiences that you're missing. Not behavior to the effect of like, I need to see you show up to work every day. I need to see you lead a team, you know, of 10 people or something like that. But but see if you can get to like the behaviors or experiences that you actually need to do that role. And then one big piece that often surprises people. Um, I've had people come into leadership team, leadership roles on my team, and they're like, this is hard. <laughs> and I'm like, what did, yeah, like, what did you think this was? So if you think that that's what you want to do in five years, I wouldn't create a utopian version of it where you think every day is amazing and you go in every day. And if that's the case, that's awesome if you get to do that. But there are days that are really, really hard. Um, and really, really challenging, and you've got to really like what you're doing to put in the time and the effort and everything that that takes. So what I would do is I would validate what that day in the life looks like. Hey, I think these are the experiences that this role needs and, and somebody in this role can do really well. Like, is that how you spend a lot of your day? Like, I, you go to meetings, you do other things, you respond to emails, but like, what are the things in your role that really define you for the organization? Um, and figure out how close you are. So, you know, if you have this idea of like, okay, I have these, you know, three or four or five different skill sets um, that link to this role. And in talking to people in my organization, there's like two that you're missing. How awesome is that? Because then you can focus on figuring out how to get those experiences. And so we'll talk a little bit in one of the future episodes about how to do that. Um, but you can, you know, limit your bias and their bias by talking to different people and going, Okay, what does your role look like? What does this function look like? What are the experiences that really got you here? Because I think if you look back, every person in a more senior leadership role can tell you some of the experiences that occurred that got them into that seat. When you're able to look back and you talk to people about it, there are usually very specific things that allowed you to make that jump from what you were doing as an individual contributor to working your way up to a senior leadership role. So, you know, when we talk about this idea of breaking these ladders and collecting experiences, once you start to see that, 
you can, you'll look at people in your company and go, okay, I see why this person maybe has stayed in place or why this person moved. And it might not be because they were the best at that function. It might be because they had a different experience that you didn't have. Um, you know, and your ability to explain the value that you provide to an organization really clearly and really simply is of huge value. So um, I'll share with you this story. So I was I was mentoring somebody um, and we were talking about their role. And I said, you know, describe describe your role in the organization. Like what value do you add to the company? And this person was like, well, you know, I do a lot of things. I'm, you know, I'm I'm responsible for this or I do these things and I'm I'm here, but I don't really know. And I said, all right, think about your last two weeks and just like just babble. Like, just tell me what you did the last couple of weeks. What were some different things that stood out for you? And so I just started talking. I just started writing like two or three bullet points and I'm scribbling, you know, as they're talking. And I was able to come up with like four bullet points of what value this person added to the organization. Um, And so I turned it back around, handed it to him. And I said, when people ask you what you do for the company, don't tell them your job title. Tell them these four things. These are the four things I do for the organization. You know, think about how that changes the conversation when you introduce yourself to people. Um, because you're not a title. If you, you know, make yourself a title, it kind of sets an expectation in people's mind. And what you want to do is change that idea of I'm not a title. I'm not on a rung on the ladder, slowly stepping my way to the top. I'm all about collecting these experiences. These are the ones I have today that I do really well. And I'm working to get those next ones. Um And by having those conversations, it helps you to change the type of conversations that you're having. So so you get to move away from this idea of, hey, I want to get promoted. You know, I want to move to this next level. What you're saying is, hey, I think I need these experiences to get here. I would love to find a way to get those experiences because what you might discover along the way is that as you're stepping into some of those experiences, your path might be a 180 from where you think it is right now. and it might surprise you where you end up. So, you know, for me, the goal of this podcast is to explore different ways to think about your career. Um, it's to share some of the things that I've learned along the way and to share some of the stories and conversations and, and hopefully even guests that want to come share some of their stories. It's a peek behind the curtain. It's a way to see, you know, what it's like in that executive boardroom or conference room, you know, what kinds of behaviors and skills work really well and what kinds of things create struggles and challenges. Um, and so for me, you know, I'd love for you to engage with with the podcast. Um, you know, from my perspective, I want to make this something where the audience is asking questions and sharing their thoughts. So I did what any good marketing person would do. <laughs> So if you go to facebook.com slash breaking ladders, you'll find me there. Um, If you want to email me, you can email me at breaking ladders to the number two at gmail.com. You can find me at breaking ladders on TikTok. Um, And then we'll be posting this podcast um, and distributing it out. Um, So whether it's Facebook, Instagram, I'll be putting some of these on YouTube, hopefully in the future. Um, But it's an opportunity for you to share, you know, thoughts, ideas, questions, email me. I'd love to incorporate that into future discussions. Um, So thank you for being a part of the inaugural broadcast. And I hope together that we can start to break down some of these ladders and we can start to change the way that we think about our careers and change the way that we think about 
finding opportunities in a new and different way. And it's it's about giving you the decoder ring that some people are inherently born with naturally. And the rest of us have to kind of figure out when we're in our 30s and 40s and even older. And that's okay. Um, so feel free to connect. Like I said, breaking ladders on social media or breaking ladders too at gmail.com. And I look forward to talking to you on our next episode.